Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, family, dear, beloved family. How are you? I pray that you are well. Today is Friday. I'm going to always remind you of that because it's the day that we get to offer a sacrifice in union with our Lord's sacrifice for us on the cross and to, number one, um, to abstain from meat. And if there's any reason we cannot abstain from meat or... um, We don't eat meat anyway, let's say, because we're vegetarians, then we need to choose another sacrifice. Um, The church has given us the freedom to choose the sacrifice, even though meat is still number one, Um, but it's never given up the sacrifice. So on Friday, we need to sacrifice and uh, abstain from meat or fast from something, We get to do that because we're God's children and we get to do that. So um, we are happy for it. We also abstain from meat here at the Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope, and uh, we fast on Friday. So uh, there's so little, so little we do and can do for our Lord who gave his all for us and continues to give his all for us, dear ones. We are going to continue today with the Baltimore Catechism. And, um, you know, I've been wondering and asked some of you to let us know if um, this is good for you or helpful for you. We've been uh, trying out several different books because we'd like to teach through the Catechism, teach through the faith. Um, We began with the Catechism Explained, which is the Catechism of Trent, um, by Spirago and Clark. It's absolutely fantastic. It's an expensive book, but it's uh, published now in soft cover, uh, less expensively. Um, but we just found it was too much for a daily radio program where we have only a half hour basically before we begin to take your calls and questions. So we have uh, camped on the Baltimore Catechism, and I bless those who have um, called in or emailed to say that it's they are so appreciated. Uh, they've never been through it or they never studied their faith since that um, time. And I personally have never been through it. I entered the church in 1995 and I've never been through the Baltimore Catechism. So I'm, I'm thrilled for it. And it's a perfect, perfect book um, to teach your children. We're on volume three, which is a little more uh, suited for adults, but you can begin with vol- volume one. Even with toddlers, you can begin to teach them right away. Right away. Uh, who made you? Who made you? There's hardly a child that cannot say, at two years old, God made me, and cannot know that. They're not going to know it deeply. They're not going to understand it deeply. But they're going to know God made me. Therefore, there is a God. So... um I do recommend it. And now that we are going through it ourselves, 
We are on question 155 from volume 3. Volume 3 begins at question 126. Seems a little odd, but that's where volume 3 begins. And so question 155 uh, asks, what does worship mean? W-O-R-S-H-I-P. What does worship mean? And... um, I mentioned yesterday that when you go through this catechism, uh, you answer the question, or your children do, by repeating the question in the answer. Uh, so that, so a child doesn't simply say, well, it means, no, it, worship. Get, the, get used to using the language of the church. Worship means to give divine honor by acts such as the offering of prayer or sacrifice. Worship means to give divine honor by acts, such as the offering of prayer or sacrifice. And as I was coming into the church, a five-year journey for me, reading everything I could, um, I would read some of the very old books, pre-Vatican II by far, and um, they would say that we worship Mary. Um and other things I forget exactly now. And I would say, oh no, Catholics are idolaters. That's what I thought. They worship Mary. But the fact is, um, uh, the scripture says that, uh, that we need to give um, our clerics and others the worship, the, no, the honor they are due. And that's what it means to worship. To give one the honor they are due. Um, and uh, worship initially was two words. It was worth-ship. So you give them the honor, the worth they are due. It does not mean adoration. It does not mean adoration. We're not adoring them. We're giving them the honor, the worth-ship they are due. And we do that by acts such as offering of prayer or sacrifice. So when we pray to the Blessed Mother or the saints, we are not uh, worshiping them in the sense of giving them the adoration that is due to God alone. We are giving them divine honor because God has given that to them and by acts such as the offering of prayer or sacrifice. Next question. How shall we know the things which are which we, we are to believe. How shall we know the things which we are to believe? Now, listen to the way the answer is written out. We shall know the things which we are to believe from the Catholic Church through which God speaks to us. Now, that is a huge answer, and uh, it's either total insanity or it's true. Just as Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. Who are you? I'm the way, the truth, the life. Who are? Who do you think you are? God. <laughs> I think I'm God. I know I'm God, and you need to know that too. Well, if we don't believe, we say that is ignorant and arrogant and just an incredible statement that anyone could make in such arrogance. And it is if it's not true. If it's not true. Just as Catholics say, uh, uh, non-Catholics, many say that Catholics worship a wafer. Well, if it's simply a wafer, then they're right. Then we're worshiping something other than God. 
But if the wafer, so to speak, becomes God, as he said he did at the consecration, we are only worshiping God, who alone is to be worshiped. So, if you ask a child, how shall we know the things which we are to believe, don't allow them to answer. Um, uh, Well, we know it from the Catholic Church. No, let them repeat the substance of the question with the answer, then they'll hear themselves and they'll absorb the whole picture. We shall know the things which we are to believe from the Catholic Church through which God speaks to us. Is that the only way we know? No, the heavens declare the glory of God. There's, there's, uh, my goodness, um, the firmament declares the work of his hands. Uh, there's truth. Uh, all over the place, but it's mixed with man's fallenness and idolatry and error. Um, But how do we know specifically, uh, definitively, what we are to believe? We shall know the things which we are to believe from the Catholic Church through which God speaks to us. Does he speak to us in other ways? He did in the past book of Hebrews, the writer of the Hebrews said through the prophets and and in sundry ways, but now he speaks to us through his son and his son established the Catholic Church against which the gates of hell will not prevail and which will lead us and he will lead us into all truth to the end of time. That's how we know. What do we mean by the church through which God speaks to us? Aha. What do we mean by the church through which God speaks to us? Now, as an evangelical Protestant, I would say the church is an invisible body of believers. And God speaks to us through the Holy Spirit um, dwelling within his people and through his word. But by the church through which God speaks to us. Um, And the answer is, um, not what I thought as a Protestant, the church is not an invisible body of believers, it is a city set on a hill. Um, And so the answer is, by the church through which God speaks to us, we mean the teaching church, that is, the Pope, bishops, and priests, whose duty it is to instruct us in the truths and practices of our religion. That's how we got the Bible. The Bible didn't, the church did not come from the Bible. The the Bible came from the church, from the apostles. Um, And so the popes, bishops, and priests, whose duty it is to instruct us in the truths and the practices of our religion. Now, we can comment much about that in today's confusion, but that is the church through which God speaks to us. Um, There's the music for our first break, beloved. We'll be back right after the break to continue, and then at the half-hour break, we will have a whole half-hour to ourselves for your calls, your emails, and your texts. The toll-free number to call in, one 877 5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We'll be right back.
We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day. And we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustain Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations, thank you for helping to save the culture. Are you holding on to an old car or truck because you think dealers won't want it? Then consider donating it to the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. This is a great way to turn your unvalued vehicle into a powerful gift for Catholic Radio. You'll be taking part in our evangelization efforts to continue spreading Christ's love throughout the world. Our Lord uses Catholic Radio to draw more people to Himself, and one of the best ways to support the Station of the Cross is by contributing to our vehicle donation program. The process is safe and simple. Your generosity will greatly benefit our mission to bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners. To find out more or to donate your vehicle today, visit thestationofthecross.com or call 1-866-628-CARS. That's the stationofthecross.com or 1-866-628-2277. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at one 877-511-5483 or email her at mother at the station of the cross.com. Welcome back, dear ones, to Mother Miriam Live. And we have another, oh, 15 minutes uh, together uh, in the Catechism, the Baltimore Catechism, Volume 3, and then we'll go to your calls and emails and texts. And um, our last question just before the break is what do we mean by the church through which God speaks to us? The answer is, by the church through which God speaks to us, we mean the teaching church. That is, the Pope, bishops, and priests, whose duty it is to instruct us in the truths and practices of our religion. Now that is what God gave us, beloved. That is hardly what is happening today at all the church hasn't changed because the church is without sin it's without spot it's holy the church is christ he is its head and christ is sinless and spotless and holy and so is the church but the members of the church are um really um I don't know what to say today. Uh, very, very confused and confusing and leading the uh, faithful astray by the droves. Um, we have priests and bishops who seemingly have lost their faith. Um, sisters and I were listening yesterday to um, 
the the entire story is close to an hour of Our Lady of La Salette. If you don't know that message, it's an approved apparition. I was there at La Salette, and it's imp- approved, and it would be, I think, very important because um, Our Lady gave the two children, particularly Melanie, the, the older one, a girl, a secret, and it was for our day. And so the secret is revealed. This is not the third secret of Fatima. This is something else, but they're very, they're very alike. They're very similar. Um, and it speaks about um, the church, the hierarchy, uh, even the Pope himself, bishops, priests, who will simply lose their faith and lead the faithful astray and pretty much destroy the church if it could be destroyed, but it cannot be. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. But this has been going on, Our Lady pointed out, since the late 1800s. And we are now, in the year 2020, in such a time of unprecedented evil that we don't know it. Because the frog in warm water, as the water is slightly, slightly heated, ever so slowly heated, the frog's body adjusts to it. And he doesn't understand, he doesn't know that he's in danger until he boils to death. He doesn't know it. And I believe that's what's happening with us. I think other things are happening. But we have been, for well over 100 years, uh, 150 years, the evil of our day, Our Lady's prophecies, have so, uh, Our Lady of Good Success, Our Lady of Akita, Our Lady of Fatima, all approved and all for this day. All for this day. The prophecies were for the 20th century. And we listen to those and say, but we're in the 21st century, and all those things haven't happened yet. But they have, beloved. Is there more to happen? Yes. But the reason we think uh, someone was wrong in their prophecy, because we're in the 21st century now, and we're still alive, and things are somewhat okay, we can field our way, is because we have been frogs in warm water for so long, we don't even feel or realize the utter evil that has taken place. The utter evil, the rebellion, the loss of authority, and the, um, um, the, the elect having been deceived, bishops and priests and others having been deceived. Um, we're right in the middle of it. Church is being closed, not always by governors, but by bishops. Even if the governor says to open, the bishop has closed them. Um, even if the bishop has no right to suspend uh, our Sunday obligation, they do it. That's a divine law, said Cardinal Raymond Burke. And no bishop is greater than God. Sunday worship. Uh, is a divine law. No bishop, no human being can dispense that. And the sacraments, communion on the tongue, uh, people all over by the thousands have been suffering because they're denied communion on the tongue and no bishop, no priest, no one has the right to deny communion on the tongue. That is canon law. That is canon law. Communion on the tongue is the norm, not the hand. The norm is the tongue. And no one has the right to refuse that. Uh, Or confession. So all these things are being refused us, not by God, not by the coronavirus, but by 
bishops and priests who have either lost their faith or don't know it, don't understand canon law, even if they are canon lawyers, and they don't understand that no human being can um, supersede divine law. No one can. And what most also don't understand is that most of us would rather catch the virus and have the sacraments because the vocation of priests and all the way up to the Pope, the vocation of a priest is to save souls. You don't save souls by keeping them uh, out of touch in their home, locking them up, locking the churches. You save souls by giving the sacraments and teaching the faith. That's how. So it's, um, uh, it's, it's a very awful situation we're in today, and it's gotten so evil and so bad that if we point this out to bishops and priests, they throw us out of the church, they would condemn us if they could, they're angry, they're arrogant, they, have a, they take on a power that they do not have that has not been given them by God. So the faithful are absolutely suffering. Simply suffering. Um, and it's an awful situation. So I, we need to know our faith. And if uh, the definition of what we mean by the church, uh, that we, by the church through which God speaks to us, we mean the teaching church. That's what we mean. Not the hospital, hospital for sinners indeed, but the teaching church, that is the Pope bishops and priests whose duty it is to instruct us in the truths and practices of our religion that is the duty of every priest not to close the church and keep us away from the sacraments and out of fear for themselves not for us uh, uh, withhold communion on the tongue or give us communion uh, with gloves or um uh, have us take the communion ourselves. It is so, it's evil. It is against church law and canon law. So, beloved, what do we do? The only thing we must do, number one, we speak the truth. We need to go to our priests and bishops and, and say these things to them with respect, not arguing, not fighting, but come as a sheep to a shepherd even if the shepherd has ceased to shepherd, um, we are not always the best sheep. And so um, we go to them if we can. Um, but in any case, beloved, we need to know our faith. We are responsible when we stand before God. We cannot say um, that we can say it, but it's not going to be excuse that we weren't taught the faith and that... Uh, we were denied this and denied that. There's nothing that God doesn't know. But we are able to know the faith. We have the catechism. We have the scriptures. We have the writings of all the popes in past ages. Um, many of the writings since Vatican II are excellent. Many of them are in error and confusing. If you, if you wish to know which is which, simply read books published before Vatican II. Uh, there are very many good books published recently not a question but if you're confused you're a new catholic you don't know just stick with books prior to vatican ii and you'll be safe um okay let me just see 
Uh, here we are. All right. We're going to go to the next question. Where shall we find the chief truths which the church teaches? Well, that's what we were just talking about. Where shall we find the chief, not just all the truths of, and practices, but the chief truths which the church teaches? And what would be your answer? Where shall we find the chief truths which the church teaches? What would be your answer? If you said the Bible, it's not true, that you wouldn't get an A. Um, there's no question that the Bible is true and infallible and inerrant, but we have 40,000 Protestant denominations uh, who believe the, the, that God gave us the Bible alone as our authority and come up with 40,000 different interpretations. So the Bible can't be the answer. And the answer here is we shall find the chief truths which the church teaches in the Apostles' Creed. In the Apostles' Creed, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, and you need to memorize that. If you don't have it memorized, you need to memorize it. Your children need to memorize it. And we will have the faith in a nutshell. And those are the tr- chief truths we need to know. And if you don't believe any one of them, you're not a Catholic. You need to believe all of them to be a Catholic. Now, uh, there are Protestant sects, S-E-C-T-S, that believe all of them, but in some of them in an errant way, uh, in a way that separates them from the church. But as Catholics, just memorize the Apostles' Creed and you will know everything that a Catholic needs to know. Now, if you unpack all that, the books of the world wouldn't contain it. But that's a first step. And then the next question, if we shall find only the chief truths in the Apostles' Creed, where shall we find the remaining truths? Okay? If we shall find only the chief truths in the Apostles' Creed, where shall we find the remaining truths? Now, what would be your answer? The answer is, again, so we don't, uh, we're not subject to our own thinking or interpretation. The answer is, we shall find the remaining truths of our faith in the religious writings and preachings that have been sanctioned by the authority of the church that have been sanctioned by the authority of the church. Now that we could go on a whole day with that and bring the Bible into it. Uh, Again, there are thousands of interpretations of the Bible, but only those writings, only those teachings that have been sanctioned by the authority of the Catholic Church, the magisterium, um, uh, are true and are worthy of belief. Okay, there's the music for our break, beloved. And um, we shall come back, and then we have the weekend before us. So we'll put a little marker in the catechism right here, and we'll come back and take your calls, your emails, your texts. It'll be our last half hour together before the weekend. Call in with anything on your heart, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back, beloved.
The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the Internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Join us here on the Station of the Cross for the Liturgy of the Hours at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern with the Office of Readings read at 3 o'clock. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus tells us where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Liturgy of the Hours is also known as the Divine Office and is the daily prayer of the Church. So you know you'll be uniting your prayer with priests, religious, and laity throughout the world. It's comprised of small reflections, readings from sacred scripture, and writings from saints and theologians. To learn more about the Liturgy of the Hours, visit thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Pray with us each day at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm thrilled to be with you, and this half hour is ours. And you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart uh, whatsoever at toll-free 1-877-511-5483. You can text at that number as well, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have Kristen from Los Angeles on the line. Hello, Kristen. Good morning, Mother. I had a quick question and it was about the specific formulation of our Friday obligation. Once upon a time when I, you know, when I was living through this kind of organically and the, the uh, expansion took place and we were told that we were now all spiritual adults and that it was still a mortal sin if we ate meat on Friday, but now that we were spiritual adults, we could choose one of the corporal or spiritual works of mercy and substitute that. So we could go visit the sick in the hospital, the imprisoned, say a rosary, go to mass. But we had to make a specific substitution. And it was a spiritual or corporal work of mercy. It wasn't a vegan uh, impossible burger or something like that. Kristen, um you have been a Catholic longer than me, and I cannot say what you've just said is not true, because I don't know. 
But as I'm listening, God has made us to give our lives away. Uh, spiritual, corporal works of mercy should be um, part of our lives, uh, what we always seek to do. But on Friday, it, I'm not saying what you said is not true, because I, I can't, I don't know that. But it seems to me that if we're going to join with our Lord, not expand it, but join with our Lord in his sufferings on the cross, who gave himself for us, um, he raised the dead, he healed the sick, he healed the blind, he did all kinds of things. But on the cross, he suffered and died for us unbearable suffering for love of us and my thought is if we're going to join in his sacrifice we should do the like thing when we give however we give even if it's an inconvenience even if our giving is a sacrifice such as uh, helping the poor and all of that corporal works of mercy we're still giving and it's it's a um, it's a grace to give it's always a grace to give we always feel better in the sense that we are uh, sometimes we feel heroic but we're really living our purpose which is why it feels so good but to abstain from our personal pleasure now we may have to abstain from pleasure to sacrifice or give to someone else instead of watching a film or doing something else we're going to go and help the poor on the street whatever it is that's a sacrifice but it's still uh living out what we're made for in the sense that we're giving and it's it's a good thing it's a grace to us my thought about the friday sacrifice is joining with, which is why the church picked meat to begin with for the Lamb of God, joining with our Lord on the cross and withholding uh, something that we take pleasure in. So my thought is it should be, when I say vegan, uh, you don't eat meat anyway, choose another sacrifice. So if, you're, if you live on tofu and you love it and you can't stand to be without it, stay without tofu for Friday. In other words, pick something that will be a personal, not just sacrifice, but a way of suffering for you to join in with our Lord's suffering so that you have the tiniest, tiniest taste of joining with his sufferings and all that he did for us. Now, again, I'm not saying what you've said is wrong, Christian. It doesn't speak to me of the sort of... uh, uh, union with Christ that the Friday sacrifice was meant to be. Yes. And I agree with that totally in terms of how we must approach our Friday obligation. However, I'm being a little legalistic. I'd kind of like, because I just haven't looked it up myself to know what the specific formulation of this Friday obligation is, because I was young back in the day and I didn't look into the canon law or however this was formulated. I'd kind of like to hear it. Okay. Uh, it'll be go ahead and easy, uh, easy for you to look it up uh, and get a sense of it. The USCCB, um, I've not looked that up because I've not come across this thought before your call today. But the USCCB 
even after the church itself has given us the freedom to not make meat our Friday sacrifice, but to choose something else. We need to give something up still. That was never taken away from us to give something up. The only thing that was changed or uh, our, wasn't, we were given the freedom to do, as you say, because now we're adults, is to choose the sacrifice. And to give something up, I think, was still the idea that we joined him on the cross. So go ahead, dear one, and look that up. And again, um, if you're intending in your corporal work of mercy to join our Lord on the cross, um, I think I'm imagining God would accept it. But I don't think that's the intention of the Friday sacrifice. And again, I started to say that the USCCB has asked all of us in America to not refrain from giving up meat to continue if not under law continue to have meat as our sacrifice to abstain from meat and i know for you and others christian that's abstaining from your whole diet so i know so it could be another sacrifice for you but it's still a matter of giving things up and the usccb asks us uh, in america to continue um, to give up meat on friday uh, in uh, for the reparation for the end of abortion, so uh, uh, you know, and and at Vatican II, I've said there are good things from it. There are uh, there are bad things that came out of it, but one of the good things is uh, having the children of the church come into adulthood. Because if you're simply told to give up meat, as I said before, someone's a vegetarian, they're off the hook. If somebody is this or that, they're off the hook. And it's not good. And so uh, the church says the idea is not specifically meat, even though that was the requirement and the most logical uh, substitute for our Lord. But um, the idea was to grow up into Christ and uh, choose a sacrifice that for you is a truly so it's, it's so it's not legalistic it's not just meat but it's something that's a true sacrifice for you okay i will make this sacrifice and go look it up i was trying to put the work off on you mother yes i know but i i'll have to do the same thing I have to do the same okay. thing. So if I find out before you, I'll I'll mention it. And if you find out before me, call it in. Okay. Thank sweetheart. you, Mother. God right. bless. Bye bye. You too. Bye bye, Kristen. We have a call from Owen from Massachusetts. Hello, Owen. Hi, Mother. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, there. It's good. To, oh, good to hear from you yesterday. Yes, you called back, didn't you? Short. Mm-hmm. Yes, we ma'am. were. Oh, I'm so glad you you called back. Now, let me refresh on what the conversation was yesterday. Go ahead and remind me. It had to it do with communion about, on the uh, tongue, and Cody didn't yes. understand con- intinction, and he thought it was right. kind of an abomination. So we were talking about that, um, but tell me your point now. Uh, it was about the refusal, and you, you touched on it earlier on in the show. It was actually yes. when I was denied oh. the Holy Eucharist on the mm-hmm. tongue. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, it's it's just, uh, you know, your, your, your words ring so true, Mother. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just listening to your show, it's, it's uh, you know, it's something else. It's so rewarding because, uh, you know, the... The real issue is, and, and you you mentioned this point, is with the priests and the the bishops, 
um, you know, when I went to, with the, with the churches being closed down, there was one church that was, you know, in Quincy, Mass., uh, St. John the Baptist that remained open, and the Sisters of Nazarene, um, you know, would hold Eucharistic adoration, and, you know, that's what kept me going through this this whole uh, pandemic, and it was mm-hmm. great to go into the church and pray, but, you know, it was definitely, uh, you know, I, I felt a, um, there was something missing, and that was the, the actual um, sacrament of... Um, the actual sacrament and receiving receiving Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I found um, to be very, um, you know, it was, it was actually disgraceful. Um, mm-hmm. The first Mass um, that I went to um, that they held, they actually played a recording from uh, Archbishop O'Malley, or Cardinal O'Malley, and um, it was about, you know, 60 to 90 seconds, 90 seconds, excuse me, long. Was it a video or an audio? It was an audio, audio Uh message. Uh And he was going on and on um, about systematic racism. And he he mentioned the word systematic about four times in the recording. And that's, that's the issue here is that this false narrative is being spread that's right. And I you know are right, many, Owen. Yeah, there was many parishioners um, actually afterwards that were very upset about this because the word systematic, that means that we are, you know, we are racist by design, that it is, you know, we are corrupted from within in our DNA and everything. And it's it's just so wrong, especially coming from the higher church to hear that. Um, it's awful. Just, uh, it shouldn't. It, terrible. Yes, Owen. It should not have been a recording to begin with. If Cardinal O'Malley or any other cardinal or bishop wishes a message to be given, uh, the priest should read a letter from him, not have a recording like that. That reminds me of, uh, oh my goodness, Big Brother. You know, that's awful. That's just awful. And the fact is, you object to systematic, which I agree with you 100%, but I object to the message of racism. What's going on in our country is not about racism at all. That was just a, uh, a excuse, kind of a, a trigger that gave um, uh, not even license legitimately, but that gave way to what's going on in our country today. It has nothing to do with racism. Um it has everything to do with the country becoming Marxist and uh, heading toward communism and simply destroying for the sake of destroying so nothing of America is left. It's not about racism. It may have appeared that because of how it took off, but this was planned. This was planned, and it wasn't planned uh, uh, since George Floyd. It, this was, everything was in place. And you may have read an article that, you know, wherever the rioters went, uh, this is immediately after George Floyd, wherever they went, there were piles and piles of bricks already in place for them. Someone brought them in beforehand so that when they got to a city, they had all the bricks to throw through the windows. This is absolutely planned. 
and it's to destroy the country, destroy our freedom, and um, it's very dangerous, and I don't know that we have a way of stopping it. I don't know that. It's, it's quite dangerous and frightening today, Owen. So I agree with you totally. I'm extremely grieved to hear that Cardinal O'Malley would have uh, said that and then done it in such a way as an audio within a church. My goodness. I'm so sorry, Owen. God bless you, my brother. Keep your faith. Strive for union with God. Um, just... Uh, listen to truth and uh, let God grow you up as a martyr if he needs to and a hero in our day. Owen, God bless you, dear one. Um, We'll be right back after the break, everyone. Are you having a hard time keeping up with all that's going on these days in the Vatican? Did you know that LifeSite puts out a monthly print news magazine in beautiful, full color? Our magazine, Faithful Insight, gives you all the most important coverage from Rome and lets you read it away from the computer, phone, or tablet. It summarizes dozens of new happenings down to the essentials, but provides full analysis on all the most important developments. Faithful Insight brings you the coverage of the Vatican that you know and expect from LifeSite in a different form. It has received high praise from cardinals, bishops, priests, and faithful who want to stay abreast of the most crucial battle in our time, the battle for the soul of the church. Subscribe today at faithfulinsight.com and may God bless you. life convictions into action and stand out for life every saturday morning wherever you may be we'll be broadcasting live 9 to 10 a.m eastern hosted by myself jim havens and father Stephen imbarato as we stand out live on location but this is more than a broadcast it's a call to action grab a pro-life sign and publicly take a stand outside of a local abortion center or any high traffic area like an exit ramp overpass or street corner and as you do listen to the stand out for life broadcast if you're in the eastern time zone Stand out from 9 to 10 a.m. and listen live. But if you're in a different time zone, the broadcast is easily available to you via podcast shortly after it airs on the iCatholic Radio app. So you can stand out and listen anytime that is most convenient for you. The main thing is that we all take at least an hour to stand out for life in public witness every Saturday, even if it's just sitting on the front porch holding a pro-life sign. Whatever you can do, we all must take a part in public witness for the end of abortion. God bless you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment together. We have 10 minutes still time for you to call in. Our, our phone lines are open, and you're welcome to call with anything at all on your heart at one eight seven seven. 
511-548-5113 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We have an email from a mother who writes it anonymously and says, Dear Mother Miriam, I am a mother of a young toddler with another child on the way. God bless you. I love hearing these things. I am striving to raise my children Catholic in a much more traditional way. I carefully read books and Catholic books prior to showing my toddler and am very strict on what he is exposed to. Good for you. My toddler does not watch TV. Good for you. However, I have been allowing him to watch the traditional Mass Explained and some traditional Catholic songs on DVD. I do not have friends or family who are raising children Catholic and I am having a hard time accepting Catholic cartoon shows that are based more on the Novus Ordo Mass. What is your opinion on Catholic cartoon shows for children? Um, it would. Uh, there's nothing wrong with cartoons, but they need to be as traditional as you wish to be. If they're based on the Novus Ordo Mass, you don't want to watch them. Not if you're going to a traditional Mass. So anybody can watch Novus Ordo cartoons for children. Um, but if you want to stay with a more traditional way, then I would not watch those. Have your children watch those cartoons. She writes, I would like to show my toddler things of our faith rather than worldly shows or shows just about animals. I plan. Now, some some shows on animals are good. They're good. They're uh, educational. Uh, they can be character building. They can be good. So, um, But just about animals, no. She says, I plan on allowing him to watch 30 minutes or less a day and not every day. My husband is not Catholic, oh dear. My husband is not Catholic and is struggling with not being able to show our toddler anything that is not Catholic. He has told me that he does not understand why I won't let him show our toddler things of God if they do not go against my Catholic faith, including songs, books, etc., Well, from what you've written so far, that's what you want to show your toddlers. But if they are uh, not the traditional teaching, then they do go against your faith. Because the Catholic faith is being, now I'm going to use Owen's word, or Cardinal O'Malley's word, systematically uh, watered down and changed. So we need to have your husband understand that as long as it doesn't go against your Catholic faith, you agree but um, there are Catholic things that go against your Catholic faith and, and those you won't let your son listen to. She says, I would greatly appreciate any advice as I do not have anyone else to ask about our situation. I do not want to be so judgmental of modern Catholic children material. You must be. You have the stewardship of your children. You must be judgmental. You must feed them what is holy and good and truthful. You must be. Um, And as well as non-Catholic material. Many Catholics I've met have no problem with Catholic cartoon shows, toys, and books. So I feel as if maybe there is something wrong in the way I am thinking. Thank you and God bless you. No, there is not. You are good. Now, it may be that there are uh, other good programs uh, that are not Catholic, uh, but they are um, historical, 
they are uh, good stories with good morals that are character building, old, old films. Um, like Lassie or something like that. That that uh, I I I I loved Lassie, but I, I can't tell you now if there's anything in it that I would object to. I don't recall anything. But there are wonderful, wonderful stories of love, of sacrifice, of virtue that you can find. The thing is, you, you you're doing well by watching them first, reading them first to make sure that there's nothing against what you would want your son to know. That's the issue. Um, Many of my friends say, but I'm watching this movie, it's Catholic, and it was okayed by the Vatican, and my friends love it, and I say, it's not an issue to me. If it's it's not going to bring my heart to heaven, I don't want to watch it. I don't want to watch it. I could watch a secular movie. I have no problem with that. But... Uh, I want to spend my time on bringing my heart to heaven. And I I think every parent should limit their children's uh, watching of TV or DVD, videos, reading of books, even games that do not speak, that do not nurture them in the Catholic faith. Uh, I I would be very strong with you, uh, as you are, rather. Um, Together with you is what I mean. And um, and protect your children. And gently, gently explain to your husband that um, even in, if he's not Catholic, if he's Protestant, you could say to him, you know, sweetheart, even in the Protestant church, you believe in God. There are many churches, but, you're, but there are churches you just won't go to. Uh, because you think some of their teaching is is even is wrong, or is uh, irreverent in some way, the way they present it. Um, maybe you want more reverent music than folk music, whatever it is. Uh, and he could understand that comparison. Uh, and the same thing with our Catholic faith, beloved. There are um, there are things that are just too degrading to the faith and even if they're okay you don't want your children to be brought up on what what is okay you want them to be brought up on what is 100 percent truthful and holy and uh character building to give them a direction in life and build it into them when they're that young as they're older they'll be able to take in other things and field them but not as a two-year-old okay um Uh, Kurt, Kurt, hi from Boston. How are you, dear one? How you doing, Mother Mary? I'm doing uh, right. And you know, you have a real knack at calling uh, toward the end of the show. We have exactly a minute and a half left, and that's a good good amount of time, Kurt. Go ahead. Okay, here we go. I know Owen because we go to the same diocese. I've been to Holy Trinity, and they've turned it into an apartment building. Okay? And it was one of the most beautiful churches going. They called it the Christmas church. My point is, I've talked to Cardinal O'Malley before, right to his... Now, no, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't want this kind of talk on the air, Kurt. I don't want this kind of... I don't want to know right to his face what you said to him. That's not not, for the radio. Okay. Okay. Now we have 30 seconds to the closing music. So if you have a question, dear one, if you don't ask it now, it won't get asked. 
Okay. The question is, is this. I tell, for instance, my grandson, anybody else who wants to listen, this is the faith. We have to wade through all the misconceptions and the lack of discipline in promoting the faith. You always have to point out what is wrong with not being disciplined. Stick to the traditions. One of the traditions is Marxism and socialism is against the Catholic Church. You can that's be an not, That's not tradition. That is simply false teaching. That's not tradition. But it's, it's certainly false teaching. You're right, Kurt. And there, my dear one, um, uh, is our closing music. So we're going to have to end for now, dear Kurt. And I wish you a wonderful weekend. I wish all of you a wonderful weekend. And live the faith, love the faith, and don't be afraid to sacrifice for our God who gave his all for us. God bless you. We'll speak to you on Monday.